Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 17 of A View to a Kaku Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Oh, not bad, man. Can't complain. Got a nice, chilly, a pretty sunny good day here in Cleveland, Ohio. I know. Oh my gosh. Just sunshine. It's so good. You forget, right? Like, like, maybe you also live... Yeah, I know. Guys, maybe you also live in, like, gray places, but in the winter when the sun shines in Cleveland, it's it's like a balm to your soul. It just feels so good. Yeah, like, even so, if yeah, it's, it's really sunny out... Even if it's, like, 10 degrees, like it is today, you still just want to, like, go outside <laughs> and stand in the sun. Um, but we're not doing that, Dave. We're inside, and we're recording no, episode it's, 17. It's, like, 10 degrees out. I'm not going outside. Not sure. Uh, episode 17's title, Dave, is The Demon Sword and Underwear? But, before we get into that, uh, Shining in the Heavens, Dave, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, our first star of the week, Matt, is that this upcoming school week is finals week, which is a very weird, uh, it's a very weird thing, because our... Post, cause, okay, so like last week I was on Christmas break, or two weeks ago I was on Christmas break, right. and then this past week I was at school, but then this upcoming week is finals week, which if you've been in high school or college, you know is a real wonky week, and then it's followed by a four-day weekend, and then then we're like back into it for real, for real. That is And it's weird. just... Yeah, it's like a huge pain because you go on break and then you come back from break and the first thing you have to do is start prepping for finals, which is like a weird stutter step for the kids and for us. It's it's very strange. Yeah, I cannot imagine wanting to come back from a vacation to take a bunch of tests. Yeah, it's really weird, but I did get the fun experience of I have some freshmen and they were like, they're freaking out because it's finals week. They're like, oh, because they've never had, they've never had a finals week before. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. Finals week is the best. And you know, they're like, what do you mean? Finals week is the best. I'm like, because all you have to do is show up for your exams. Like, that's it. It's amazing. Yeah. You have five things to do all week. Right, and then the rest of the... Like, you should be studying or whatever, but the rest of the time is, like, kind of yours to do with what you want. And as a... So, because of the classes that I teach, I actually don't do final... Because, like, I also teach theater, right? Right. And so I don't have a final for my theater class just because of, like, the nature of... It's a performance-based class, and I've only got an hour and a half slot for my final. I can't have everybody... You know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't have everybody perform... So I just sort of don't have one and kind of don't mention it to anybody that would care. Okay. So I hope, yeah, I'm pretty sure my principal doesn't listen to the Super Sentai Brothers, so I think it's fine. So, yeah, I just don't have a final. And then I just, like, you know, I just kind of have a free week, which is great. So it's finals week. 
if you are also, there's nobody else has. I was about to be like, good luck if you also have finals. Nobody else has finals week this week. No, and even if they but, did, they're getting this episode like a week later. So no one is going to be yeah. having a finals week like the third week in January, whenever this drops. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's finals week. I'm looking forward to it. I've got a lot of good stuff. My classes have actually been great this year. You know, like some, I was about to say, you know, you don't know. But some years you have great classes and some years you have crummy classes. Okay. And this I mean, I year, you. yeah, this year, like most of my classes are great. I have one theater class that's full of kids that aren't actually interested in being in theater. And that sucks. That sounds like a bad class for them to be in. Yeah, it is. Well, somebody Once decided that our yeah our kids shouldn't have study halls anymore, and so every kid has to be in a class every single period, every period, because high schoolers do great when they don't have any downtime and are in classes straight for eight hours a day. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the best be for their true. cognitive development. Yeah. So basically, because kids have to be in classes all day, they've gotta be somewhere and so they end up taking electives that they don't want to take and then yeah it's a real bad plan but but it's finals week i'm excited and then i got a four-day weekend well okay i don't actually have a four-day weekend because friday i'm gonna be there but the kids won't be and any day that the kids aren't there it's basically it's like basically a day off. Yeah. it's basically a day off <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Uh, why don't yeah. you now let's let's transition into star number two. What Dave is our second star of the week? So, second star of the week, Matt, is I have a couple of kids that eat lunch in my classroom because because they're like a particular breed of weird nerd. Okay, is and, there not and, like a cafeteria? No, 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 no. There is just high school cafeterias are awful, particularly if you are kind of like a weird nerd. And as I think probably comes as a surprise to no one, at my school, I'm kind of like the patron saint of that particular breed of weird nerd, right? Yeah, no, I can dig that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody's blown away by that piece of information. And so mostly what I... Because they eat lunch. It's also my lunch period. So they're eating lunch and I'm eating lunch and they're sort of like talking and chatting. And I basically just let them like talk and chat. But every once in a while, if they have said something like particularly interesting or whatever I feel the need to like pipe in. So they were in the middle of a discussion about their supernatural role-playing game. Supernatural, the TV show, by the way, are they using that weird system that we tried to play one time? Oh no, almost definitely not. This has got it. Like this is entirely online. This is all like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is right. And so, we have probably mentioned it before, but uh, I I don't have the time just because like the way my universe is structured to listen to a lot of podcasts. But I do listen to my brother, my brother and me, as do I think all right thinking human beings. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So if you don't, what you just what? What are you doing listening to podcasts and not that one? But we we talked about that one. In the past. Yeah, so anyways, so uh, if you listen to it, as I as I imagine you do, you know that their slogan this year, it's it's no be excellent to each other, but they do have a very funny slogan. It, their slogan this year is 20 Serpentine. Keep them guessing. Yeah, zag on them. Got a zag on them. And so this girl, uh, MJ, she's sitting in my classroom, and somebody says something, and she replies with... Like, well, I, you know, I wanted to do something unusual. That's my slogan for this year. Got to keep them guessing. 
And I, from the back of the room, sort of pipe up and I say, well, it's 20 Serpentine. And MJ whips around and about falls out of her chair, like laughing. Nobody else has any idea what's going on because I guess the read none of these other kids listen to this to the, my brother, my brother and me. But she about loses it, and and then like I managed to keep a straight face because like that's the funniest reaction sure, for sure. me. And so <laughs> it was just a great moment because I love any time that I can reinforce for kids that that teachers don't like sleep in the closet. Right, that you are like, like a human being with a life. Right, that I like do stuff outside of school. And I like live by my school, so I like run into kids, so they kind of get it. But that was just a particularly great moment. And we never talked about it. Like, we didn't continue to talk about it. There was just like a shared moment like, ah, yeah, we both, we're both there. Yeah, so great. that was fun. That's my second star of the week. Matt, uh, what is our third star of the week? So our third star of the week is something that happened to me at work is um, we without going into a bunch of unnecessary and boring details, uh, we're doing a little bit of, like, reorganizing at work, like like physical reorganizing. Ah, corporate reorg. Uh, no, 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 no. Fascinating. Not corporate reorg. Just, like, physical, locational reorg. Oh, oh, okay. Like, you're moving your desk five feet. Gotcha. Yeah, so what was happening is that, like, we're kind of, they're taking existing teams and sort of, like, mixing and matching people into, like, smaller units. Uh, to work on a different project. And so part of this is that we, everybody, yesterday, like, there was, like, everyone in, like, two or three different units, which is, like, a total of maybe, like, 60 people or something, all at the same time stood up, packed up everything in their desk, and moved to a different part of that same chunk of the office. Um, oh, so the desks themselves aren't moving. Like, you are just... Yeah, no, I just got moved, like, 20 feet to a different desk to sit next to a different person. Um, Please tell me that nobody spoke at all while it happened. Like, no, no, no. just Here's everything. Everybody spoke. It was, like, this big sort of, like, impromptu, like, fun party time. And it felt... You know what it felt like, Dave? It felt like either the first or last day of school... Um, in college, when everyone's like moving in and out of the dorms. Oh, dude, that's a good. Everybody has like man. things stacked up on their chairs and are like shoving everything in a backpack and are taking their posters down. And like you almost expect to like turn around and see like somebody's uncle like carrying a box for them. <laughs> Just like, you know, like an RA wandering through asking if anybody needs help. It was great. And now my seat is closer to and facing a window. So. For me, that was a net positive. No, that sounds great. Man, if you don't, like, okay, let me just say, do you remember, Matt, like, in in the warm glow of your imagination, do you remember what the last day of school feels like? Oh, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever have an experience where you're just like, man, whatever I'm remembering it can't possibly be as good as I remember it. Like, this must be couched in, like, the warm golden haze of memory. And I'm sure it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it was good, I'm sure. But it couldn't have been that good. Okay. Uh, it is. It still is. Like, I'm 34 years old, and the last day of school <laughs> is just as good as... It's actually the last day with students, because we're all there for one more day. 
the last day with students is actually better than my actual last day. Because you're sort of, like, riding off of their, like, exuberance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I don't know. They're, like, youthful pheromones or something. And I'm just sort of, like, riding their wave as well. And then I also know that I only have one day left. It's great. That's amazing. But, man, that sounds... <laughs> okay, that version is good uh, of where, like, everybody you were hanging out and having fun. I did sort of hope that there was, like, a prearranged signal and that it was, like, a weird... Like, everybody stood up and, like, picked up their box and walked over and then sat back down and immediately continued working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is that is what makes it worse than a regular thing like that where it's the last day of school. Which is, when I got back, when I got to my new desk and set everything up, like, I then had to go back to answering emails. Yeah, that's not... <laughs> but it was Not Friday, fun. so it's the weekend now. Anyway, Dave, what is our third, I'm sorry, fourth star of the week? So this is a brief star, Matt, but our our dad is visiting, and uh, last he was staying with me, and then last night was his last night over here. And so he, we were talking about dinner, and he said, I was, we were like, well, you know, you're heading home tomorrow. Is there any place, you know, like Cleveland food that you want or a particular thing that you want to eat that maybe would be hard to eat in Sweden? Like, let's have that. And we had been talking about Italian earlier that night, and he said, you know what sounds really amazing is chicken cacciatore. Like, that's what I want to have. I want to have chicken cacciatore. Mm. Man, I haven't and had I chicken said, cacciatore in years. Yeah, well, uh, I said, you know what? I said, you know what? I, c- I can make chicken cacciatore, which I haven't made in a long time. But, like, I did it up. Like, I made fresh pasta. Oh, wow. Like, oh, yeah, like, I did the whole thing, Matt. I got my like I took my I took my like collared shirt off so it's just me and like my uh my undershirt and like I've got my apron on and I'm like making fresh pasta, <laughs> chopping. Oh, I'm like sauteing tomatoes, all sorts of stuff. It felt first of all, it felt good cuz I don't actually cook as as much as I used to. That is very true. You used to you guys used to cook like every night. Well, no, no, sorry. I personally don't cook as much as I used to. Just be like, okay. So when my wife and I were both working, we kind of split the cooking because she doesn't have like a job outside of our home anymore. She does most of the cooking, just because like yeah, she's home all day. She has I mean, yeah, she has more of an opportunity to do it. Yeah, precisely. So I don't cook as much as I used to, but like I finished up this cacciatore. I did. I basically never do this. I did take a picture of it. It looked so good. <laughs> it was just, I think, actually, Matt, I'm going to send it to you. I want you to tweet this picture. Like, guys, this cacciatore, it just, mm, I, I can do that mm. for you, Dave. It was so good. Fresh pasta. Anyways, so it just felt really good because I was like, all right, still got it. Nice. So it was nice. It was a good moment. So yeah, that's it. The whole thing is that I made great dinner last night. Hey, dude, I'm into it. Sometimes, Dave, sometimes that's all the star has to be. This that's is, all it's the just star what's has in our be. life. Whatever, it's just whatever we talk about, that's the show. And right now, delicious chicken cacciatore. Uh, and now, Dave, the long-awaited fifth and final star of the week. Lay it on me. What you got? So, final star of the week, Matt, is everyone is gone. From my house. Everyone's gone. After weeks? After, I think, three weeks or so. And, like, listen, 
Uh, that's not as bad for me as I think maybe it would be for other people. Like, I genuinely love having guests. Beth and I have a big house. We specifically got a big house because we like to have guests. People come and visit for a long time. Like, it's great. Like, I love having people come visit. And I genuinely love and have deep affection for all the people that were visiting. Sure, sure. And like... Yeah, like, it was wonderful. Like, it was thrilling to see everybody. Like, we all hung out and played games and ate and cooked and drank and, like, did Christmas stuff and everything and blah, blah, blah. But But my house is empty, and it's so quiet. It's just quiet, and I love it when things... I love quiet. I'm such an old man, but I love it when (laughs) things are quiet. So, yeah, so it's just very, like, chill and restful. And I'm looking forward to seeing all those people like the next time I see them. But for now, everyone's out of my house and it's super chill and I'm very much digging it. And I'm feeling good, Matt. Feeling good, ready to watch some Ninja Sentai Kai. Nice. I was going to say, if you if you are wanting to enjoy some chill, just relaxing time on your own, free of guests, just doing what you do best, then why don't you throw on the most relaxing TV show of all time, Ninja Sentai Kaki Ranger, The Demon Sword and Underwear. And we'll be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 17 of Ninja Sentai Kaki Ranger, The Demon Sword and Underwear. Um, It's a Saizo episode, and it's good. Dude, I am I'm so psyched. Because this is now really feeling like a Sentai show again. Yeah, we, You know what I mean? Yeah, we've talked about I, it a I, little in the last few weeks, but yeah. it has maintained that streak for me. Right, I'll stop talking about it after this. I'm just, I'm so delighted because I, I, you know, Tyranger was so good and Jetman was so good. And I just wasn't getting that same vibe from Kakaranger. And now I'm really starting to get it. And I'm just, it's like, it's... It's just a lot more fun. I yeah, it, it had a slower start, but now that we're in it, it feels good. Uh, so okay, so this episode starts, and we see someone. We don't catch his face immediately because, like, the camera's sort of cutting around it. Um, but he's in a car. He's driving around. He's listening to this like cheesy pop song about like going on a date with an expense, like a woman who wants expensive things. Yeah, and it's like, baby, I can't afford to get you all the stuff you want. Blah 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 blah. He's got like a suit on and sunglasses. It's it's very much giving the look like this is a cool guy in a cool cool car. guy. But it's all like my really cool close guy shots. is in caps. <laughs> um, so this guy's driving and he he pulls up. And we see the Rangers and they're working at the stand. And first of all, everybody has new outfits. Yeah, uh, Sasuke is wearing exclusively blue which is infuriating yeah that's driving me crazy also that dude is wearing some short shorts oh yeah i think he is actually wearing like a pair of extra short like jean cutoffs and then a slightly longer pair of regular shorts underneath that and then like a blue tie-dyed shirt with a matching blue tie-dyed like headband it's not it's not a great look I mean, for Sasuke. It's a it's a signature look. You know, you oh, look at that, you're yeah. not going to mistake it for somebody else. No, you certainly are not. And Tsurahime actually looks very cool. She's got like a very... She's got that same sort of like hippie chic thing going on, but she's updated a little bit. It's a good look. So anyways, they're all working at Nekumaru slash like the crepe 
truck stand, and this car drives up, and it's Sizo. Sizo is the dude who is driving in this car. But what's funny is that and now that we is, get a closer look at it, like it's not some cool guy. It's Sizo, and it's not some cool car. It's like this total wreck. Yeah, uh, he does look a little bit like Kazu, I think, from from Die Ranger. But that might be pretty superficial. But he's got a suit, and he pops out of the car, and he's like, "Hey guys, check it out. Got a car. Got a suit." And they're like, "What? A why? And B." How? How do you have a car? Because what they say, none of them ask, like, how did you manage to buy this car? They ask, where did you steal this car, you thief? Because, like, they know (laughs) that Saizo doesn't have money. Well, you know, they're ninjas. So maybe that's not an unreasonable default. But he didn't. He didn't steal it. And what Saizo says is, oh, I bought it with my savings. Okay, so there's two things I was thinking about this. At first, I was like, what savings? You like, you never have any money. This has been like, literally, this has been the plot point of previous episodes, that you don't have any money. But on the other hand, maybe this is why he doesn't have any money. Right, this whole season, he's been saving all of the money he gets from his share of the crepe stand to buy this car. In which or, case, he spent his good life- for you, Sizo. He's, or he spent, like, his $20 in savings on a car that is, like, a complete piece of junk. Well, I don't know, man. Like, it seems to drive, all right. It does seem to but... drive. What's funny is, though, he's like, yeah, I got this car. I'm going to go pick up chicks. And he starts to drive away in, like, this huge cloud of smoke, like, blasts out of the rear of the car. Okay. Just real quickly, Matt, I want to point out, he does not say, I'm going to go pick up chicks. What he says is, I'm going to go with a ride on a ride with a cute girl. What we are about to find out is that he does not have, like, a pre-arranged date. He's just going to go drive around until he sees someone and say, like, hey, how about you? Would you like Would you like a ride in my car? Sure. Would you like to get out of my dreams and into my car? Baby, you could drive my car. Any, any of these options would work. Man, I was really hoping you had, like, a third car-oriented song. Uh, I did, too. I really hoped. And maybe in, like, ten minutes one will occur to me, but uh, not right now. Oh. Okay, so anyways, so he's driving around, and he, he does. He pulls off. There's this giant cloud of smoke, and we shoot over, and we see it's over by a river, and Saizo drives up. I don't... Okay, so his plan... His stated plan is that he is just going to drive around until he sees a cute girl. Where he is driving, like, okay, he's driving down by the docks. Which, like, relative to the rest of this show should not be surprising. Because that's where, like, all the action happens. But he's already said he's going to try and pick up girls. Right. He's not driving around downtown. He's not right. sort of like, what? you know, going through a residential area. He is down by the docks picking up chicks. He sees a woman wearing... Oh, he, so he does see a woman. He sees, like, a beautiful woman in a red dress. And he says, like, all right, lucky... This is my lucky day. Right away, I found a cute girl. And he just leans yeah. out his window and says, like, hey, baby, are you looking for a ride? Which, if you were yes. to just walk into this episode and see that scene, you would think that this was a very different show. A super different show and not a show that is appropriate for children. No, you would think that this was like, you know, one of the early scenes from Pretty Woman. 
Matt, have I ever told you about the original draft for the final scene of Pretty Woman? Uh, you know, I think I've heard that it is different than it actually ended up being in the movie, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, okay. So in the movie, what happens is basically like happily ever after, right? Yeah. In the original draft, what happens is like at the end of the weekend, as originally planned, he basically like pulls up in his limo at the same street corner that he picks up like julia roberts at like kicks her out of the limo she starts like yelling at him and he literally just like throws a wad of money out the window and drives away and then she screams like obscenities after his like retreating limo and then starts like crying and picking up the money roll credits that that that's the original last scene that sounds like maybe that was not the best use of america's sweetheart julia roberts (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah so Saizo it looks like it's attempting to do a pretty woman and well ultimately I guess being on a street corner with money is better than being killed by Muteki Shogun which like spoilers she's gonna get killed by Muteki Shogun because she's definitely a yokai yes so yeah if I had to pick street corner and money versus Muteki Shogun flaming sword Anyways. Listen, it's so, the best of two bad options. <laughs> so so uh, America's sweetheart, Julia Roberts, is standing there, and she, like, has a fan, and she, like, pulls it out, and he's like, ooh, fan. I don't know why Sizo is excited by the fan, but um, Lady in Red, she's, I'm really trying hard not to sing the song, but. I, I wish that you would try harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't sung it. How much harder do you want me to try? I I can hear it in your head, and it's already too much. (laughs) It's just emanating telepathically. So, okay. So she has this fan, and Saizo's smiling at her, and then she sort of turns, and instead of having a fan, she has a katana. Yes! She... (laughs) And then she's just... She starts, like, slashing... Not... At his car, like, at his car in the sense of, like, in the direction of his car. Yeah, she is not standing, like, adjacent to his car. She's still a good ways away. But she's just slashing the sword in the air, and parts of his car just start flying off. <laughs> yeah. And we, we, as this is happening, we pop over and we see there's a kid, just some kid, unaccompanied at the docks with a camera. And he is taking pictures of this happening. Okay. And then the lady in red, like, keeps slashing at the car. And she's, like, dismantling the whole car with, like, air slashes, which is actually pretty rad. This is a great scene. Because, like, what they do, like, they just got a bad car for this. And they dismantled it. And so when you're watching it, like, for well, the first move is the classic, like, second episode of X-Men the Animated Series where Wolverine cuts off the top of Cyclops' car and then says, Tell Cyclops I made him a convertible. Like, there's that oh, moment. Oh, man, I forgot about that show. Uh, there's that scene. Sorry. I was going to say, there's no way on earth you forgot about that show. But that... No, no, no. I can sing the theme song right now. Um, And so, and then she's, like, cutting off the doors and she cuts off the hood. And eventually we cut back to the car. And it's just Saizo still sitting in the driver's seat holding the steering wheel. 
But it's just like an exposed <laughs> engine block and three chairs like sitting on top of four wheels. It's amazing. <laughs> it gets better. So he jumps out of the car, what's left of the car, and he says, why? He's like, I saved up for so long to buy this car. Why would you do this? And then she like pulls the sword out and starts slashing at him. And then you see him, and uh, it cuts down to the ground, and you see his feet, and then all his clothes fall down, like, and then it pops back up to Sizer, and he's just standing there, mortified in his underwear. It does that great thing where she cuts all the clothes, and then she puts her sword back in the sheath, and then all the clothes fall off Sizo. Yeah, well, she's also some sort of ninja thing, something or other. It's and amazing. So, oh, and the just kid, the by the way. on Sizo's face, like, how badly this day has gone for him. Uh, I should mention, by the way, the kid is still taking pictures. So he is now snapping, like, like compromising candids of Saizo, which is a, a weird moment. And so then the lady in red puts her sword away and she says, goodbye, baby, in English. And then she's gone. The- Nekamaru then turns the corner for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why just they were, like, out searching for him, but they happened to run yeah. across him. And, like, everybody shows up and rolls out of the Nekamaru and are just staring at Saizo, like, in his underwear with his ruined car. And they love it. They are having <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> afternoon laughing at Saizo's misfortune. So when they show up, the kid sort of, like, sees them arriving and for whatever reason decides that he should probably hightail it. So the kid's gone and the lady's gone. So it's just them. We go back to this new scene where see we see Nakamaro, they're driving. And Saizo is driving. Yeah, Saizo is driving. He's got like just a regular outfit on now. And they're talking. They say, Well, she must be she must be a yokai. Which, okay, they've mentioned this like once or twice in previous episodes of Kaku Ranger, where something weird happens and the Kaku Rangers are like, Oh, this is obviously a yokai. And every time it happens, I I love it. Because, like, no other Sentai show that I've seen, at least, which is admittedly only two, but no other Sentai show does this. They're always surprised when it's a monster. And I just love it that the Cocker Rangers are like, so this is definitely, this is obviously a yokai, right? right like, like, everybody we're, knows we're eventually going to have to get in giant robots and murder this woman, right? Like, that's just our yep, plan for yes, the afternoon. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, cool. Good to know. And yeah, so they're like, she's obviously a yokai, and uh, <laughs> he's Saizo, and all that is left of his car is the window ornament, and he's sort of like looking at it and crying, which is great. And uh, this, in, in a good example as to why you should never look at a hood ornament and cry while driving, uh, he almost runs over the small photographer child who has run into the road to stop them. Which, not a great idea, kid, but... Whatever. So it works. And so the kid runs up and he says, hey, I've got a picture you might be interested in. And he pulls out a picture that he has developed of Saizo in his underwear and says, I will sell you this picture for what, like 100,000 yen or 10,000 yen or something? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I will sell you this picture for 10,000 yen. And Saizo's like, what? you trying to blackmail me? And the kid's like, yeah, 10,000 yen. And then Saizo goes to grab him and the kid runs. Yeah, because Saizo's like, I do not have 10,000 yen. I just spent all my money on that car. And the yeah. kid bolts. So- and instead of chasing him in the vehicle, uh, Saizo, which I guess is probably good, because then what's the end goal? It's like you run over a child. <laughs> so he gets out of Nekimaru and starts running after the kid. 
And all of the other Kaka Rangers are just sort of looking on and they're like, well, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and one okay, of them says so... that uh, children these days are scarier than yokai, which is fun. Um, so the kid is running away. Saizo is chasing him. Saizo, you are literally a super ninja. Okay, I have that in my notes too, because what happens next is the kid gets away from him. He is a superhero like, ninja, and just the superpowers of being eight got him, like, escaped. I don't... How is this, like... I've, I'm pretty sure we've seen Saizo pull, like, some sort of short-range teleportation. There's just no... I genuinely... When the kid got away, I assumed that the kid was going to somehow be, like, tied into the yokai plot. I did, too. Because I was like, well, there's no possible... This must be a trap. Because there's no possible way an eight-year-old child is going to be able to run away from a literal super ninja. Uh, But he does. The kid's not... He's not, by the way. This is not a trap. It's just a child. No, he is not. Saizo is the worst. But yeah, at that point in the show, I genuinely thought that instead of it being a problem where, like, they had to fight a lady with a sword, they would have to fight, like, a crazy yokai dedicated to blackmail. Yeah, it was going to be... It's very... Yeah, but no, that's just a kid. So, then the lady is back. Her fan turns into a sword again. And here's where we find out that this is uh, Amikiri... Uh, Amikiri? Amikiri. So this is Amikiri, and what she says is, I fought your ancestor, like Saizo's ancestor, and this is the day that I finally cut off the bloodline of this ancient dude. And she has, like, she looks super cool. She's wearing, like, robes, but then she's got, like, a weird hat on, and then one of her arms is, like, a giant, like, three-bladed arm cyber blade thing it is the titular demon sword yeah it's very cool uh it's awesome and yeah again this is one of those things that makes this show feel like it has a purpose unlike the earlier episodes because this lady has a grudge not against saizo like the dude but against the saizo family because you know generations ago the guy you know like the ancestor that we saw in the first episode of saizo cut this lady's arm off and so now she's replaced it with this demon thing and is out for revenge, and I love it. Yeah, so she and, like, Saizo start fighting, and the other rangers are there. Oh, this, I'm sorry, Amikiri is a, it is a yokai, and they are known for cutting laundry lines and nets. And so they're, like, a pretty, like, semi-benign yokai, but the quest for revenge, the narrator tells us, has made her scary. And there's nothing scarier than, like, a woman bent on revenge. So, back to the episode. Uh, they henge, they fight. Then the other rangers show up, just kind of, you know, like, they probably followed Saizo a second later. And they're like, oh, he's fighting. Let's join the fight. So, they're all fighting. And then we see Demon Swords, Emikiri's, like, main attack, or, like, one of her attacks is that she can, like, launch the blades off of her crazy cyber arm Because there are, like, three people. blades on it. Yeah. It's rad. It looks uh it looks a little bit like Dokken, like Wolverine's weird son. Oh yeah. If you need a if you need a visual picture, it's a little bit like that. Yeah, Doc with like his weird wrist claw. That's Yeah, it's man. it's kinda dumb. It yeah, actually looks a lot better on Demon Sword than it does on him. So <laughs> um, Although Dokken did have that. So, sweet the other mohawk. Range- 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so she like launches these blades, and the rangers get hit, and then they're like, you know what, we're not going to worry about this. So they just dip. So they're gone. They're back at Nakamaru, and I uh, now we sort of get the reason why they left is they're like, whoa, she's actually like pretty intense, and we are not sure how we're going to beat her. Like she's very good with that demon sword arm thing. That like missile launchy attack is pretty intense. Like we cut. Like we need to regroup and plan. Awesome. And, and so they're sitting around, and one of them, it was it Jiraiya? Yeah, I think so. It, it was either Jiraiya or Surihime, it doesn't really matter for the sake of the story, realized that if that little kid was taking pictures at the dock when Saizo got all his clothes cut off, then he was also probably taking pictures of uh, Amakiri, which means yes. that if they get those photographs and like analyze them they might be able to find like a weakness in her style to show them how they can beat the demon sword right so they go they find the kid and he says yes i will i do have some pictures but i'm still going to charge you like a whole bunch of money for them and they're like dude kid we're like trying like absurd amounts of money he's like give me Fifty, no, one hundred thousand yen. Yeah, <laughs> so like, dude, kid. Uh, a, we do not have that money, and B, we're trying to beat like a demon sword. Like, we're trying to beat a terrible yokai monster. Like, why are you doing this? And he says, "Well, I need money. I really want to be a photographer, and I have to have cash. I want to get a new camera. I've got to do this." As soon as he says this. Young Noble Jr. sort of appears as a phantom in the sky, but in his, like, skull general form, and yeah. blasts the kid with lightning, and, like, tel- like lightning teleports the kid away. Yes, leaving only his backpack, which is yeah, a great Yeah, like, visual. a weird... Yeah, it's odd. Okay, so we go from there to I'm sorry, a... real quick, dude. Can, I, can we talk about that moment for a second? Because imagine... Yeah, no, that, please do. Imagine that you're the Cocky Rangers. You're talking to this kid... He's asking hold you up, for money. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Imagine I'm the... Okay, I'm there. Okay. So, you are one of the cocky rangers. Yep, I'm there. You are talking to this small child who is basically, like, blackmailing you or, like, you know, really trying to get a lot of money out of you. You're kind of yep, annoyed with power them. of imagination. I'm good. All of a sudden, giant skull face appears in the sky. Red lightning zaps out of the red giant skull face's eyes. Zaps this small child. The child screams and then vanishes in like a puff of smoke, leaving only his backpack. Disturbing, but not terribly unusual. At this moment, do you, one of the Cocker Rangers, think, ah, Young Noble Jr. has kidnapped the child? Or do you think, I guess Young Noble Jr. just murdered that kid? <laughs> Because there's no reason for them nope. to assume that was a yeah, teleportation no, he definitely effect. just murdered that child. <laughs> like when you they... know what's funny? I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm so... No, I'm just, like, I'm so keyed into, like, the Super Sentai universe where, like, no way did that kid actually die because, like, it's a show for babies that I was like, oh, wow, he must have just teleported that kid away. But no, the much more logical conclusion is that he lightning murdered that boy. <laughs> yes. And so when they see him later in the episode, like, they're happy to see him. And that's great. Oh, by the way, spoilers, they do see the kid later in the episode. Because he does get teleported away. It's fine. But if it were me and I saw that kid later in the episode, it would be like, oh, my gosh, Toru. His name is Toru. Oh, my gosh, Toru, you are somehow alive and not murdered with lightning. I'm so happy. <laughs> 
This is great. We were not looking forward to that conversation with your parents. So, <laughs> um, so, so sorry. So we go from the uh, lightning d- teleport to to what appears. Okay, I would say it's a dance club, but this is not accurate. No. What we see is Amikiri in her human form, and she is on a pedestal, and she is like dancing with a fan, and there is like some definite dance music going on, but. Everything else is dark. They are not in a defined space. So it's just sort of this like dark, poorly defined space. There's mist everywhere. She's up on a pedestal dancing and there's like some lights. Surrounding her are other young ladies also dressed like for the club, right? And surrounding them are large, like evil looking statues. Some of those statues... Like, because they're rigged up with, like, joints and stuff, are also dancing. Yeah. It's, uh... It's it's awesome. I mean, I know it's weird, but the idea it's of, It's a like, weird moment. This weird formless void where the yokai go to dance and the statues dance with them, I was super into it. Especially because... So, okay, well, we'll get to it. Yeah. Well, just a second. Okay, so into this moment walks young noble jr and he's like got the kid and then once he walks in all of the other dancing ladies who are not amikiri turn into dorodoros like turn back i would assume into dorodoros and then disappear this is weird to me no see this is what i loved okay i'm trying to figure out do yokai just use dorodoros as like a personal holodeck like I, Amikiri, would like to be in a dance club. I don't have other dancers, but, like, I would... Like, I need to be surrounded by other dancers for this to be, like, a dance club moment that I want to experience. All you Dorodoros, shapeshift, dance club time, and the Dorodoros are like, okay, cool, dance club. Yeah, but and, like, they, they don't really have, like, independent motivations. They're not... They're just sort of, like, these weird sort of, like, wobbly, ghosty minion things that can be transformed into stuff. And Amikiri was like dude, I want to dance. Like, let's put together like a crazy, weird, evil dance zone. And nobody likes to dance by themselves. Yeah. So yeah, I Billy guess Idol. that's just the, the Doro. <laughs> I mean, he does end up uh, doing it, wasn't, it sometimes. It's no, it's no car song, Matt, but, uh, the, but that was a good cut. Thank you. So, yeah. So I guess that's just, that is like one of the functions of Doro Doros is to function as like a, I get just like holodeck actors for the for the yokai. Uh, so anyway, so Young Noble Jr. appears and he tells Demon Amakiri, the Demon Blade, he says, listen, you've got to be careful because the Cocker Rangers were going to try and study this kid's pictures to find out your weakness. But then they pull the pictures out and it turns out the kid is like just not a good photographer. Like all the pictures are like super blurry and out of focus. And Amakiri starts cracking up. Because at first she's like legit nervous. She like takes the pictures like, oh no, what if they discover my weakness? And then she just starts, it's kind of a mean moment actually. Because she's just laughing at this kid because he is a bad photographer. And they're like, okay, so what are we actually going to do with this kid? Because it turns out he's zero threat. And Amakiri's like, ah, I've got an idea. And then in a very weird moment for the show, instead of showing us like how they're going to get from point A to point B... You just get the narrator who cuts in and says, so what they decided to do 
was to use the kid as a hostage to secretly call out Saizo to get him to come duel Amakiri again. And then we just cut I to that actually scene. super dig this. I thought that was great because there's so much stuff in in all the Sentai shows where if there was a narrator who could just drop like a two-line narration in that just says, this is how we got from this scene to the next scene. Actually, I'm glad that they don't because our show would maybe not exist if that narrator were around all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But they do. He just says, this is what happened. And then we move on. So we're over at a factory and like Saizo is creeping through and he is in his like regular ninja garb. And I know I've mentioned this before, but like every time they henge out of their ninja clothes into their Sentai outfits, I'm a little bit bummed out because their ninja clothes actually look like way cooler than their Super Sentai outfits. Yeah, it's a sweet look. Like they're full ninjas and they've got like head armor on and like it's like they look super rad. And so then they turn in, they have like a spandex suit on and it looks not as cool. But anyway, you know, so Saizo is that like... way when I was watching Power Rangers as a kid during the season where like they had that sort of... Oh yeah, they all had ninja outfits on. They looked way cooler. Well, yeah, but then I re-watched those episodes, like some of those episodes at some point and like the Power Rangers versions of those clothes, while still cool, uh, were not as cool as they were in my memory. Uh, yeah, man, nothing is, uh, except the aforementioned last day of school. So, hey, oh, so, <laughs> so he's creeping through this factory. He's like looking around. Uh, so, so sees Toru and he's like going to run over. And then all of these pictures start like flying at him. And he looks down and it's the pictures of before the docks. And Amikiri says, you can't find like these pictures are terrible. You can't find my weakness with these pictures. You can just have them. So then there's a little bit of a fight scene. Yeah, she says, you can't find my weakness in these pictures. The only way to experience the power of the demon sword is firsthand. And then she goes to attack again. Man, I forgot about that line, but that is a good line. So they're fighting. And then Saizo, this is a cool move. He like pulls out and he's got three smoke bombs between his fingers. Like he's holding three in one hand and they're just like, you know what I mean? Like you've seen the move if you watch anime. Yeah, yeah. And so he like throws these smoke bombs and he runs over to Toru and unties him. And he says, listen, you have got to take pictures. I think the implication is better pictures. You've got to take better pictures because this is the only way we can find her weakness. And the kid's like, I'm so scared. Uh, Demon Sword charges them. Saizo and Toru run away. And as they're running away, Saizo gives this child some very questionable advice. Hey, man, it's, a, it's a pep talk. Don't don't you think this is a a, a good bit of inspiration? Ah, uh, it is definitely okay. So what he says is, Saizo to Toro, an adult talking to a child, says a true photographer must risk his life. You can do it, Saizo. That is not a super heroic thing to say to a child, right? I mean, because listen, that's true. Sometimes, like you know. Like, news photographers go into, like, war zones, and they get amazing pictures risking their lives. But this is an eight-year-old boy, Saizo. Yeah, that is not an okay thing to tell a small child when you are fighting a literal demon monster. So, they're running away. Uh, they fight for a little bit. Saizo is losing pretty badly. 
he sort of like looks over at Toru and is like, ah, you can do it. And then Toru is like very scared. And then Saizo like sort of gathers his strength and he super hangs and then he keeps fighting. Okay, now here's a moment but, that I want to cut in, okay? When Saizo super hangs and Toru... It's a good henge. It is a good one. He does it like while mid-jump towards the enemy. Um, like jumping over some like boxes and barrels to get back into the fight. It's like in slow-mo. It's very cool. Toru sees this and says, oh my gosh. He's a cocky ranger. Like, yeah, Toru. Did you not already catch that he was like a ninja who came to save you from a demon? What else did yeah. you think this guy was? Like, did you just <laughs> expect that there was a whole other group of ninja running around fighting the good fight who just didn't happen to have the superpowers? What world is Toru living in? Or maybe that is the world. Maybe after all of the yokai got free... Just like a bunch of other part-time ninjas started getting into the game, and we just don't see their stories. <laughs> um, okay, so um, all I'm saying is it's possible. So, sorry, where were we? Saizo is still losing, right? So Saizo is still losing, and Toru looks and he's like, okay. And he sort of like has he hears Saizo's words of wisdom, which again are risk your life for the shot. And he's like, I can take pictures. And so he starts taking pictures. Okay, so the next scene that we see is Toru back at Nekumaru. And he says, I got some pictures. And everyone's like, oh, awesome. Like, we need to develop these. So then we go over, and I guess they have managed to turn Nekamaru into, like, a makeshift dark room. And they are developing these pictures. Which, like, I am fairly certain that developing pictures takes, like, some time. Like, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure this is not something that happens in, like, a minute and a half. No, I mean... This is like a fairly involved process. To the show's credit, they did go to the bother of, like, making the interior of Nekomaru kind of look like a dark room, and he had, like, the various, uh, like, trays of developing solution. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I have no problem with any of that. I'm about to get to the thing that I find concerning. Okay. So... Because what, as they're developing these pictures, so sorry. So they develop these pictures, and then Toru like looks up at the rangers, and he says, Saizo told me that if I risk my life, I could take good pictures. And the other rangers, rather than saying, like, hmm, uh, yes, we understand where he was going, but maybe do not risk your life, small boy, they all just sort of are like, ha yes. And sort of like look at him and smile and nod like, great job, Toru. You right keep on that, that track. You get that. He was out right there. to say that. Yeah, so then, here's my concern. Then we go back to the fight, and it has not stopped. Saizo did not, like, escape and is hiding. He's just been fighting Amikiri the whole time. Yeah. Like, like developing pictures takes a while. It absolutely does, because, okay, here's what I thought was going to happen when I realized that this fight was still going on. And this did not end up being the case. I thought that Saizo was just going to like keep sort of fighting and running while they continued to take pictures until they were able to get enough of a thing that they could then put together 
some sort of idea as to what the weakness is. Right. Like, oh, I thought sorry. He was stalling, Real quickly. But that is not the case. He is just like nope. running for his life. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, Matt, a quick Google search says that a an uh, it takes about an hour to develop color film. That is how long it takes. I was going to say, I, I did a little darkroom stuff in uh, college, but it was only black and white. And even that took some time. Yeah. So we come back to Saizo and he's just like running away. He does pull a cool, uh, this is a scene we see from the opening of the show. It's Ninpo running on water. So he's like running across water. Very cool. Pretty rad. Like some like cool wire yeah. work to make it like function. Yeah, it's neat. So then they are somehow into quarry. And Listen, they've had an hour Saizo. to get there. In this instance, I'm willing to give it to them that they ended up in a quarry eventually. So <laughs> they're in a quarry. Saizu gets hit by like some attack and he rolls down this like pile of gravel. And this is, this looks like the end. This is it for Saizo. When suddenly Jiraiya is looking at the photographs and he says, oh, I see it. Like that is where the weakness is. And then all of a sudden, all of the other Kaku Rangers and Toru have joined Saizo in the quarry. Yes. And so what they have seen in this picture is that like in the joint of Amakiri's elbow on her demon sword arm, like is not armored effectively. Yeah. So like, like that's the where point of weakness. The arm was originally cut off and where the new one is affixed to it, there is still a weak point. Oh, yeah, jeez. Did we mention that? That's why she has a grudge against the Saizo family line. Because in the fight, the original Saizo cuts her arm off, which is why she has, like, the crazy cyber blade arm. Oh, yeah, sorry, guys. I, I really thought that we had mentioned that at some point. That's that's our bad. Sorry, guys. Uh, so, but yeah, at the attaching point... Also, where's Dr. Yagami in this? I feel like this is, like, a real easy fit to get that dude back into the show. But anyways... Listen, there was already, like a sword strapped onto somebody's arm in a way that seems um, really uncomfortable and way too extravagant. So they didn't need him. That was already done. So so there's Dr. Anyways, not Dr. Gyarami. So there's Demon Sword, and it like looks like things are about to go very poorly. And then they pull the picture out, and they show it to Saizo. They're like, dude, Saizo, check it out. Cool. And he's like, oh, no way. Great. So there's a bit of a fight. Oh, yeah. There's a Dorodoro fight, fight, fight here fight. somewhere. Not of much consequence. They just it's need to pad out the episode for a few minutes. Right. So then things get rad. First of we all, are... there's another time jump, and now it is sunset. And, like, the sun yes. is hanging low in the sky, like this red-orange disc. And there's, like, a very – there's, like, a – they use, like, the Wild West filter, like, the color filter. So everything's sort of, like, brown and orange and red. The best filter. The best filter. And it's Saizo and Amikiri sort of like squaring off. And they both got their sort of their swords at the ready. And they're doing that awesome thing from samurai movies where they're sort of like inching. They're sort of like shifting their feet slowly, like inching closer to each other. Like kind of slowly trying to get in range to see like who's going to kind of get squirrely first. And then they then they run at each other. So they're charging at each other. And then we get this it's we catch them from the side, and Amakiri goes in with this like low swipey cut, and Saizo does like a spinning cartwheel flip over her arm. It's awesome. And then like spins around and like kind of even behind himself cuts into like her weak spot. 
and then she like goes down he has like turned around at this place now so now he's facing her again he does secret technique square cut and then as it is like attacking her he turns around and is looking away from her and then she explodes it's so good it's this is maybe the best moment we've like the best single moment we've had in this show so far it's rad as definitely heck. the best fight moment yeah, yeah, I'm comfortable saying that. Well, okay, there so, was the death match in the electrified barbed wire cage. Ooh, that was a really excellent but moment. this is very good also. This is also, this is like a super cool dramatic moment. So they're like, ha, we got you. And she says, well, it's time for gigantism. So then she turns into a giant. And they don't even bother with the generals. They just like... Giant Beast Generals, Mateki Shogun. Mateki Shogun is here. She attacks Flaming Sword. Game over. Amakiri dies. She's very sad and that she's been beaten again, but it's too late yeah. for her, and her energy goes up to join like the yokai energy cloud in the sky. Right. Do do we mention that ever? Whenever the monsters die, like they're whenever they okay, whenever they're growing, they do it by gathering energy from that huge energy cloud in the sky that we described in the first or second episode. But then when they die, they, like, dissolve into energy and go up into the sky and I think join that cloud. Yeah, that seems to be the impression. So even though so, the Kaku Rangers are, like, beating these monsters, the general, like, energy level available to the yokai is staying about equal. Because when they lose an active person, they gain more, like, potential energy. Actually, I was going to say, not only is staying the same, I think potentially is is increasing, probably. Yeah, well, you know, it's like Jet Li's the one. There are fewer people I was... to spread that energy out to. So eventually it's all going to, probably all going to go into like Young Noble Jr. And then Jet Li's the one. Matt, that is precisely the movie that I was going to reference. Dave, I can't so... tell you how often I end up referencing Jet Li's the one. It's a surprising amount, you guys. So... So that's it. Uh, Amakiri's dead. She's in the cloud. Uh, we go back to Nekamaru. Everything's cool. The rangers are working well together. Everything's great. Toru shows up again, and he has made, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 copies of this same picture of Saizo in his underwear. Oh, uh, sorry. Should mention, ev- the guys, the guy rangers are really excited because all of the customers today are cute girls. Saizo was digging it. Because his earlier attempt at a date went very poorly. He's hoping to recoup something on this day. So the Toru shows up and he's got all these pictures of Saizo in his underwear. And he's like, "Uh, now I want, you know, I've made all these copies. I'll buy them. I'll sell them to you for this amount of money. It's like it's a steal. It's only 15,000 yen per picture. (laughs) And then Saizo starts chasing him. And Toru's like... No, I'm just kidding. Like, I just made these as a joke. You can have them. And then, but then Saizo trips and he like falls and all the pictures fly up into the air. And presumably all the girls see them and Saizo is horribly embarrassed. Fun, right? Good times. And that is the end of the episode. Oh, actually, there is something else I wanted to mention in the episode. So we cut back to the narrator, right? And the narrator is saying, okay, you know, we win. Great. And here is the quiz for the end of the episode, because they've been doing this recently. Well, they'll ask you a question about, like, what happened in the course of the episode to see if you remember some trivia bit. 
And the question they have is, what color was Saizo's underwear in the photograph? And to remind you of the photograph, they put it up on screen. But so that you don't see what color the underwear is, they've put, like, a big, like, white circle over his underwear region with a big red question mark on it. And so when you yes. look at this picture, it looks for all the world like a picture of just naked Saizo that has been censored <laughs> for television. Um, and that yes. is the end of the episode. The underwear was blue, of course. He's the Blue Ranger. Right. Yeah, I think we all. So anyways, so that's the end of the episode. Where, Matt, does Amakiri fall on the creature royale? Dude, I like Amakiri a lot. Yeah, she's got a really cool look. I dig her like whole demon sword arm thing. She's got an actual motivation. Right. Like a history. Like, I'm not saying that I'm going to put her up with Birdcage Vagrant. No, no, no. That's crazy. But they do kind of, they are kind of similar. Okay, that they've both lost, like... All right, all right. Listen, okay, Birdcage well... Vagrant is, like, right under the Three Stooges, so I'm not going to say that Amakiri is that high. No. But I'm definitely I will looking, say... you know, top third of the list. Yeah, okay. Well, do you like her better than the Shooting Doji Brothers from last week? I do. I do. I think, okay, and then here he is holding strong. Is she cooler than Iron Mask Choryu? Dude, she's got a great look. She, yeah, she actually might be genuinely just on the strength of her look alone. I'm willing to say that. Okay, so in that case... Is she cooler than Lipstick Songstress? Both cool. Both, like, sweet lady monsters with cool swords. Um, She has, like, a crazy demon sword arm. Lipstick Songstress had a chorus of women who she had, like, used evil magic to transform into a death choir. Yeah, dude. Um, okay, I think I actually am going to go higher than Lipstick Songstress because Amakiri um, has this like crazy hat robe. It's like very flowy and claw. I dig it anytime. Part of their look is not just like obviously like the rubber suit. Yeah. And that they've like incorporated some other element. I think she looks so much cooler than Lipstick Songstress. I'm going to say I don't think I like her quite as much as Kikitsuki, the mouth monster. Okay, I'm comfortable. Yeah, let's put her right above lipstick stress, but below Gatitsuki. Gakitsuki. There we go. Yeah, Gakitsuki. I knew I could do uh, it. That's a weird I'm one. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> uh, okay, man, I think that's it for us this week, right? Yes, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cocker Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. Want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what the things we're talking about on Twitter? Uh, see that picture of Dave's chicken cacciatore, which I'll probably put up right after we finish recording this. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe us on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to all the great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.